right here and have some really kick-ass music playing us in because the music in this game is so good. I love kick-ass. That's like my favorite movie the next to Scott Pilgrim and, and Kick-Ass 2. Yeah, I love it. That's my favorite Tegan and Sarah song. I love it. Uh, my favorite is 19 from them. Tegan Sarah? Yeah. Oh. 19? Yeah. I was 19! Again, let's just, I hope the kick ass music is still playing because hopefully that'll, that'll cover up for Nick a little bit. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Garbage Game Club. It's like, uh, it's like a book club, but for video games, and instead of a club, it's a podcast, and your input is really passive unless you want to support us on patreon.com slash cyber garbage in which case the input is monetary but nick and i are here to talk to you about video games that we may or may not like and kind of broaden your horizons it takes the horizon and you know how like if you go up to mount fuji you can like see farther because the elevation if you go up on the space needle you can see farther because the elevation it broadens your horizon you see the flat earth. listening to this podcast is like going up on the space needle or hiking mount fuji that's 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 what people that's what people have told me it's a pretty similar experience yeah yeah that's i mean i i know because i've done both of these things it's fine ignore the dog the dog will be fine nick because we need to talk to people about video games and in specific today you know it. We're done with Mario Mania, but now we're on... We've been done with Mario Mania for a minute. But we're moving on to roguelike ravenous. We're ravenous for roguelikes. I guess that's. I guess you saved that. Don't, don't get me back on the whole topic of roguelike versus roguelite because I'll just keep on confusing myself again. But we are here to play something in 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 in, in, a, in a triplicate i guess like like we we rolled the dice and and it didn't land on craps it landed on roguelikes lights mm-hmm. lights i think this was a like because because dicey dungeon nick dicey dungeon feels in vain with games that we have been playing in the past we just got off a of monster train right yeah it feels like a deck builder kind of we just got off monster train we we talked about you know before many many moons ago slay the spire and i think that this is a game that uh when you're talking about the rogues or when you're talking about that that like deck building rogue-esque genre like this is this is the trifecta and dicey dungeon feels like the one that that is the unpopular kid because slay the spire it's the best it gets all the praise monster train a little bit hipster a little bit new dicey dungeon been around the block for a minute. It's a mobile game. Not super new. Did you clean the ramen off the microphone? Oh, I forgot about you that. You should clean the ramen off the microphone, dude. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit gross. Um, we should... We were doing something before the show. Please pardon us. We if uh, D- Dicey Dungeon is is a game that's been around for a hot minute and really was an Apple Arcade game. Yeah. It was new on the scene. It was one of the first things to kick off uh, Apple Arcade, actually. And I don't know how... like. I remember right when Apple Arcade launched, I think people pointed to like, hey, you know, Dicey Dungeon's a good game. Mm-hmm. But and I don't have an iPhone. Yeah, I don't have an iPhone. I don't know anyone else who's like playing iPhone games. Yeah. I, I was just like, okay. Like uh, it, it went in one ear and out the other. And then right. I proceeded to stop thinking about Dicey Dungeons ever again until I was doing more of a deeper dive on, you know, games that are, are, are of this, are like, like this subgenre that we're talking about. Right. So. I come back around to Dicey Dungeon. I'm still not playing on an iPhone. You cannot play on Android, so I played it on PC. Yeah, you can play it on Steam. It's like 15 bucks on Steam. Yeah, is, is that how much does it cost on, on the Apple App Store? Is it $15? Oh, Apple I think Store? on the arcade thing, you pay like a subscription fee. Yeah, okay. I mean, I so you get the game every month or whatever. 
I, you okay? I guess it's kind of, sorry, my, my, my shirt is fraying. I apologize. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I, I guess that's fair. I guess, I guess that, that's cool. But um, Dicey Dungeon is, is uh, t- t- tell me what Dicey Dungeon is, Nick. Dicey Dungeons is a roguelike RP, turn-based RPG, where instead of you selecting what your attacks are, you roll dice to satisfy conditions in order to select certain attacks. So if I have a sword or an axe, there are certain numbers associated with those pieces of equipment based on whatever class I'm using that allow me to attack, essentially, or to do other things. Um, The one thing that I was unaware of about this game was the kind of framing device for it. I just assumed it was a dungeon crawler with a dicey, like a, a like a dice throwing. Go to the end, like, beat yeah. the monster. Yeah, like like just pretty straightforward. What I didn't realize is how like joyfully jubilant it is with one, it's incredible soundtrack. A- absolutely phenomenal soundtrack but it's all done through the guise of a game show where you are like an 80s game show too like like it feels it feels classical you're like a dungeons and dragons character who was normal but then by going on this game show you got transformed into a dice and now in order to escape you have to of course beat a run and the way you do that is again you choose a class there's the warrior there's the thief there's the robot, there's the inventor, there's the witch, there's the jester, and I feel like I'm missing one. Robot, that, inventor, witch, jester. I think that's all of them, actually. There's, there's like five or six. Yeah, but you can choose each of those classes, each with their own mechanics and different play styles. Uh, Warrior, obviously, is going to be the most straightforward since that typically is in these types of games. It's very much like introducing the mechanics, but then there's different classes that you unlock that are each vastly different than the one that you just played as. And in order to quote-unquote beat the game with a select character, you have to make your way through six different episodes with each character, each with a different modifier that gets turned on by the by the uh, angry game show host. Yeah, and rounds of Dicey Dungeon are much quicker than rounds of uh, Monster Train and much, much quicker than rounds of Slay the Spire. I think something that's helpful for people who haven't touched the game is that think about it like, you know, it is a mobile game. And I didn't really realize that at first, you know, when I was sitting down and playing it. It took me a second to go, oh, the Apple Arcade game. That's right. Because Dicey Dungeon, I almost wish that I played it on mobile because as Mm -hmm. soon as you pick it up, like, it is very fluid. It's very easy. It's very straightforward. The interface is simple. There isn't a lot of stuff to really bog you down at all. Like, uh, I can see how this was designed for a touchscreen interface and and for for sliding dice and not doing complicated movements. The the UI is very friendly, and I think that the art style of the, like, the art direction Mm -hmm. really complements, like, the visual readability of the game. Yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, I was, I almost sort of missed for not playing it on a phone or a tablet yeah. because it's probably good that I did it because I, I swear I'd probably still be playing it right now if I had it, access to it on my phone. Yeah. If I was playing this on my phone, that means that it's a game that I'm instantly playing while I'm pooping or I'm playing while like I have to kill 10 minutes here or there because you can, you can do like a 10 to 15 minute run uh-huh. through, through a dicey dungeon level, which is pretty good. And you know, six levels six different characters there's like 36 six different like you know shows to complete exactly which feels like you know it has a good amount of progression if you want it to and there's also just the inherent replayability of um challenge like once you start getting through the game you're setting your own difficulty based on i think where you start to struggle like i think like towards like the fifth and sixth shows is where like i 
uh, didn't just instantly win or yeah. like I had to have the game gets actively more, difficult. I had to get more strategy. I had to think about what I was doing. I had to apply some, you know, some, some, some big game, big brain logic, right? And some RNG. The RNG, I think, more so than any roguelike that we've played so far, I think RNG has a a far bigger impact. Yeah, and RNG is interesting because a lot of times you can talk about, you know, RNG being being the crux that breaks something, but it never feels unfair in Dicey Dungeon. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, you're rolling dice, so I think you're, like, understanding, like, the base, like, silliness of the RNG. Mm-hmm. You never lose that much progress. Um, so, like, it's never like you're, you're not, it's like you're losing a lot of time. You, 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 I, I think I rarely feel cheated like I do yeah. with RNG in other games. Just like, oh, well, that sucks. Or like, ah, oh, maybe I'll go on the next time. And, it's 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 fine and it's so everyone knows about dice right like it's very it's very simple so it's cool to be able to apply the dice mechanic of rolling one through six and seeing all the different things that the game designers thought for you to do with those dice like oh and basically you roll dice and then you have a board of different skills that pop up and your board is managed like through an inventory management system a la like resident evil where you can only have so much space in your inventory and every board serves like an attack or a buff and it takes up spots in your inventory and you can like upgrade pieces of equipment to make them stronger or make the pieces smaller in your inventory yeah so you know if, if you have um if I have like what is there two four six eight ten it's probably like twelve inventory slots so you can work anywhere from like six to three different uh, in- inventory things you know more expensive spells generally can you know they can take up more space or yeah. you know better attacks cost more like oh man this is going to be like the only attack I can use because I also need that heal item or whatever yeah so th- there's. There's a couple of cool different aspects, one of them being the inventory management of, of your actual character, mm-hmm. deciding what, what heals, what buffs, what attacks, what debuffs you actually are rolling and then swapping out. There's every, every, you're going through different levels, and the levels get progressively harder with the, with the enemies. Mm-hmm. So you know, you're, you're, you're leveling up, and in order to reach max rank, you have to defeat all the enemies throughout, even though you can technically skip some if you're like speedrunning. Yeah. Um, you can be, I think with certain characters, especially in later episodes, you really shouldn't be uh, fighting every single enemy on the board in order to level up. Like, you might need to finish this episode in ideal conditions underleveled. Yeah. Uh, Which so is cool. It, it, they, they thought of a lot of different cute ways to play around with the mechanics. So, like, you roll the dice and then your your board, basically, you put the dice on the board. Like, mm-hmm. maybe your attack only triggers on four or higher, and it does that, that face number of the die to it. But you roll, like, three threes. But one of your, one of your um, you know, buffs is you put it on and it disables the buff, but it, it adds one to the die. So now you have like a four and you can attack with that four, but you lose your buff, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's, I I was actually really impressed with just the raw design of the game. I feel like it's pretty rare. Um, I know that we did talk about this with with Monster Train too, but I feel like it's pretty rare that you just get new mechanics uh, that that you haven't really experienced before. And especially, you know, the longer video games exist as a medium and the more video games we play, it feels like, well, everything's been done, right? I mean, obviously not true, but I think that it makes things like this that do have a fresh take feel even fresher because I'm like, oh, I've never, 
I've never thought of this before. I've never played a game like this before. Like I played games with elements like this, but not with the dice element or the simplicity of the attack or the inventory system or the different characters or the, the, the way that the levels work. So it's like a Frankenstein monster of roguelike dice, like RNG elements with a fun veneer that, that it feels pretty good for, it feels pretty good for a mobile, for a mobile game. Are people still using Apple Arcade? I think so. Yeah, I think people are still. I think people are still playing dicey dungeons, actually. But uh, yeah, going to your point, we have said we are not fans of modifiers in this game, especially in roguelikes. Like, we're not interested in arbitrarily making the game harder for the sake of. Well, we haven't done it yet, so Enemies might as do well. One hundred twenty percent damage. But I think the modifiers in this game are genuinely fun because you know not only do you have six character classes that you can play as each that play fundamentally different from one another but every time you play an episode it feels like i'm playing a weird variant of that established character class that feels almost like a brand new character so like me for example my favorite character class in this whole game was the inventor the inventor's whole thing one of the harder ones the inventor's whole thing is that at the end of every single battle one of the cards that's in your inventory, that, that's in your active inventory, as in the one that you bring into combat, one of those cards slash items must be destroyed and turned into a gadget. You can't not destroy it. So you might have a badass attack, but there might come an instance where you have to get rid of it, and that becomes a kind of alt option in the next combat where it becomes a gadget where you can mm. press that for an extra three hits of damage, an extra poison or an extra heal but that changes every battle because you have to destroy a card every battle so the inventor's game style is very much like okay i know what cards i have that are really good what cards can i get rid of that are just okay that will give me a better gadget effect and it's just learning the game on a whole different level but that's episode one take it to episode two and then the game decides this one's a little bit interesting because now you can't choose what gadget it gets recycled. It, the game will choose for you. So there's this extra layer of, oh, how am I going to do this? And there's so many different variations that keep getting more and more interesting. There's one where all of the different like buffs and debuffs in the game fundamentally change. Like They don't behave the way they did for every other character class. So burning a person's... Um, hand or whatever doesn't mean that they take extra damage by choosing dice anymore it means that card that that they decided to play a uh, burn dice on can no longer be used until the turn afterwards so they fundamentally change everything you know about the game in this specific episode which is mind-boggling it was so fun and it was so inventive and it felt so fresh and i feel that way about every single episode for every character class every character is so much fun to play as yeah, there weren't a lot of low points. I mean, there were characters that I objectively liked less. I do kind of like more of the basic characters still. I think Thief was actually quite a bit of fun to play with. Thief, Thief is cool. I, I do like card or slash dice games where it doesn't just reward you for rolling three sixes in a row. Like, I like it where it's like, oh, no, the, the Thief really thrives on low dice rolls, whereas the, the Warrior thrives on high dice rolls. And I like that there's, like, different criteria for it so you like the thief yeah they, there's just a lot of they found a way to do a lot of different play styles and then iterate on those play styles even more through the additional levels mm -hmm. so where say the spire your your iteration you know you have less classes but you have more cards and more of a similar 
gameplay loop every time and and the the uniqueness comes from the multitude of cards and their interactions the what dicey dungeons does is you know it still keeps you on a fairly rudimentary rule set but it changes the rule set Mm -hmm. so it's interesting that you know they decided to go with instead of adding complexity through like new cards or enemies are 300 percent stronger yeah to hey let's just change the way you think about the game and force you to play different and like you can't play the way you want to like you're being forced to play different yeah and it keeps you on your toes but it never feels like oh man i'm gonna have to play this 10 times in order to understand it i feel like every time there's a rule shift it's always immediate as to what the new um what the new homeostasis is you know what is the new normal for the game in this episode and that's hard to do i feel like to fundamentally change the game but also make it so that the player knows exactly what needs to happen like i think the game kills it at stuff like that like it it's so readable not only in ui but just also in its mechanics um and you know speaking to those mechanics further one of my favorite things uh i think it was as an inventor the end boss i had to kill him he was a vampire mm-hmm. i had to kill him with a stake that was the his condition for beating the last boss of the run was this um, he can only be killed by a stake so you get the stake immediately in the room right before you encounter him but there is a real world where you're like oh shit i forgot to equip the stake so then you'd have to run away and then go in your inventory and swap it in but i just love that the last attack the last one if he's at one hp the last attack needs to be the stake in order to win but then the next time i fought the vampire the stake just did a lot of damage but it wasn't needed in order to kill him permanently so like it's just it's cute that there's like these weird little mini rule sets even for various encounters yeah um different enemy encounters different different levels different bosses different bosses um the enemy design in and of itself is pretty fun. Like everything just kind of feels whimsical yeah. and a little bit silly, which which is fun because all, all the people who you are fighting are just like, what the fuck's this? Yeah, it feels Why like am a, I fighting an LSD ice cream cone. It feels like a weird cross between like modern and fantasy of like, oh, this is a football wizard. Like, okay, yeah, that makes sense for this game. Like it just, it combines two very different aesthetics into one cohesive art style that just like, oh, this is just cool. Yeah. What's interesting to me about Dicey Dungeon is that like, you know, it, it, it is inherently not a game that has super, super deep depth. Like the skill ceiling doesn't feel astronomically high Mm -hmm. there's still a lot of room to like feel personal improvement but i don't think i I think the mileage from it comes out of it being like quick and pick up and put down and and easy to remember what's going on easy to pick back up yeah versus wanting to just min max a little bit more or get to the end a little bit faster have more of an op build so I think that it satisfies a little bit of a different itch versus games that it gets compared to all the time. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's bad. I, I, I think that Dicey Dungeon is like a really smart designed game, but it's not something that I think could permanently hold my attention over years like, like Slay the Spire. It's something that I can like pick up, 
maybe take a shit and then be like, yeah, I like this. And then like, you know, do it, do it again. Or, or go back to while I'm waiting for an edit to render and be like, I got 15 minutes. I can probably blow it on like totally. a quick dicey dungeon run. Right. I, like, I feel like it's one of those games where I would beat every single episode with every single character class and then unlock whatever the hell's behind that, that final secret door. And then once I did all of that, I think I'd be done with the game. But again, that's like 40 plus hours of content. Yeah, I mean, you can you can get through the game pretty quickly uh, if you just want to like you know play through all the characters and like you know do do maybe just focus on a couple characters you like. Mm-hmm. But if you want to actually play the game for all the content that it's worth and start to struggle on it, you're gonna yeah you're you're looking at like a like a 30, 40 hour game oh, depending yeah. on how much you're failing, right? So there is there's stuff there, um, and and like I, I think hats off hats off to the devs for making. Uh, a mobile game that's worth talking about because I can't remember the last time that there's been a mobile game that's been like worth talking about either from a game design perspective or just like a, Hey, I enjoy this a lot perspective. I think there's a lot of that on Apple arcade TBH and that'd be a thing I'd be interested in checking out more if they release them on steam. There's a, there's a lot of games I'm kind of keeping my eye on. There's like grindstone wizards, pinball, and overland and i think those might be coming to steam so i'd be very interested because it feels like apple arcade is this curated list of like oh these are these are like top tier indie mobile games doesn't apple arcade just also have like a like just a ton of games on there i think it i think it does now but i think you get access to them just because it's like ps plus you know once you have it you got access to it as long as you have a subscription so I do think that there is this curation to it, which is kind of cool. Yeah. It's not just like the access to the whole app store. Right. Because that would be... That, you know, Minecraft 4. <laughs> hey, you don't want to play Minecraft 4? <laughs> I'm a big fan of Minecraft 7. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think anyone who, who has tried, you know, the, the, the Apple, the Apple uh, you know, Games Pass stuff, and they haven't tested out Dicey Dungeons, I'd be like, well, what are you playing? Yeah, if you have an iPhone, you should just have a subscription to that because I feel like that's the only thing I'm envious of. <laughs> if, if you have an iPhone, you should try the subscription out to try Dicey Dungeon. If you want to try Dicey Dungeon, you can pick it up on Steam or like I'm sure it'll be like on a on a GOG sale for, yeah. for Black Friday and you can get it pretty cheap. Um, but it's, it, it's worth tinkering with, I, I think, to kind of dissect the design if that's something you're into. Or just as as a very casual, light time passing game, you're not gonna get sucked into this like like you like you jump into World of Persona or like you're gonna jump into all all of your Hollow Knights. Yeah, I got pretty obsessed though. I, it definitely has that pick up and replay bill. Like you're like, oh man, I died and whatever. I'm just gonna start over. Yeah, it's because it goes quick. And I mean, I, I walked back and forth between Nick's room a bunch of times where he was just you know sitting there. Shirt off at the PC, <laughs> headphones on, hyper focused. What's he playing? Dicey Dungeon. That's, like a week, if not more. It's a good game. It's a very good game. Highly recommended. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I, I don't know if, if I would highly recommend it. I would recommend it. It's definitely, it's, it's on the right side of the belt. I think I liked it more than Monster Train, to be honest. I think I liked Monster Train a bit more, but for different reasons. If you had to compare them one to one, but I think they're both special in their own right. Yeah, they're, they're both, both very good. Worse than Slay the Spire. They're both good, but yeah, I think it's Slay the Spire, Dicey Dungeons, Monster Train for me. What, uh, Nick? What are we going to talk about next today? Today is uh, today's PS Five Day. It's PS Five Launch PS5 Day. Launch Day. I feel like next gen's here, so baby. We can't. Didn't ta- this used to be more exciting? We can't talk about. Oh, oh, I'm excited, buddy. I'm trying to get through this so I can play some more Spider Man and some more of our next garbage game club game, 
Astrobot's Playroom. Excuse me. No, no, to the editor to edit that out. <coughs> can you stop? Dude, it's Corona. Why are you coughing with your mouth open? It's in all the that sky? salt we had. Oh God, dude, don't do that. The next game is again. We understand this might be a little bit harder to play because it's hard to get PlayStation Fives right now. One because they're impossible to find, but two also because we're in the middle of a pandemic and a lot of people don't have the funds necessary for that. Um, but if you this do, is a bit of a privileged episode. I don't have a PS5. Nick has a PS5. I just want to point that use out. mine. You're gonna remote into my PS5. No, 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 no. I'm, gonna, I'm going to unplug it from your room and then move it to my room and then plug it back in. Does it <laughs> have the same power cores as PS4? I think so. Oh great! I'm just gonna t- I'm just gonna literally unplug it. And move it. <laughs> um, so I th- might need a fucking fucking F350 to move it though because that thing is so giant. And you don't need to spend seventy dollars on Astrobot's Playroom because it comes packed in with your PS5. So if you have a PS5. You literally have no excuse not to listen to this episode. So check it out because uh, you might be surprised. So until next time, place an Astrobot's Playroom. We would like to play. Oh, man, that's Nintendo. Um, what's the PS5 thing? Honestly, it feels Womp. like a Nintendo game. That's the Xbox thing. No, Xbox goes boom, boom.